Welcome to the C.S. Joseph podcast. I'm obviously C.S. Joseph, and uh, this is season 25, episode 2, for the season titled Cognitive Asynchronicity. So in the last episode, we were talking about how there is compatibility versus camaraderie and like what that means, etc., and how compatibility is how people utilize their mind or their psyche specifically, and there's a lot of like background noise here but it is what it is I'm kind of like on the road right now in a coffee shop etc so it is what it is Uh, but the point is uh, people's brains see other human natures uh, other than their own their own psyche being like their own nature etc but uh, they use their brain or their persona or the personality to detect who they can have friendships with Uh, who they can love and have sexual relationships with, and that's known as compatibility, right? And we talk about that at length in Season 5, Cognitive Synchronicity, but this is Cognitive Asynchronicity. Cognitive Synchronicity is more about compatibility, whereas Cognitive Asynchronicity is more about camaraderie. And so, basically, Season 25 is effectively season five but instead of talking about synchronicity slash compatibility we're talking about asynchronicity slash camaraderie and the reason why camaraderie is so important is because camaraderie helps the human brain identify certain natures or certain personas or certain personalities of people around them specifically to learn and and to grow more and grow better as um, you know, as a person, etc. And this is this is really, really important because without this, you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're going to be around people who are super high compatibility with you, and then you're going to end up being enabled by those people. And this is why I really enjoy uh, relationships, especially sexual relationships that are not necessarily gold, silver, or bronze pair relationships. I like pedagogue relationships. Uh, or, you know, my marriage, which I'm married to an ESTP woman, etc., Railgun. And Railgun, you know, being a fellow TI parent, we really, really challenge each other on a daily basis. But it helps facilitate growth because there's a lot of areas in our life where we just don't enable each other. Whereas, you know, looking back in my relationships in the past with golden pairs, silver pairs, I've never had a sexual relationship with a bronze pair. But with golden and silver pair relationships for myself, I was severely uh, enabled. And I think some of the reason why I was really enabled is because these women really enjoyed how I made them feel. And they would let me get away with a lot of things, too. Yeah, we had, you know, great sex and, you know, we had that connection, which was excellent and whatnot. But the problem is, is that we... I mean, I, I, I was ultimately enabled, and they allowed me to be more depraved in, within the context of those relationships, and I, and I severely regret that. So I don't want to be so depraved anymore. So anyhow, uh, let's, let's take a look here. I got my, uh, wow, apparently I should just smudge everything and be irresponsible with my whiteboard because why not, right? So the original uh, trusty whiteboard uh, is back, which is pretty awesome. 
So uh, the first uh, cognitive asynchronicity pair, also known as cognitive axis, which I talk about cognitive axis a lot in season 18, uh, cognitive mechanics. But another way of interpreting this is the uh, asynchronous uh, pair between um, you know, polar opposites. And this is basically, cognitive asynchronicity is the theory of you know, opposites attracting. Opposites do attract, but why do they attract? You know, this is this is actually cognitive asynchronicity is about repulsion. These two cognitive functions repulse each other, and it's because it's literally you're comparing the meta versus the physical. The metaphysical. The meta is the expert intuition. It is very yin oriented, whereas introverted sensing, it's the known. Uh, it's the conventional. It's 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 what's established. It's what's solid. So it's more of the yang basically. And you can see within the context of this, uh, you know, cognitive axis between these two functions, they literally are. Um, they, while they are opposites, they they repulse each other. So, and it's because through that relationship of repulsion, are they really attracting? No, the answer they're not really attracting. So, opposites attract is not exactly accurate per se. But they do repulse each other, and through repulsion, they actually can, you know, end up making the other very strong. How is that? Well, knowing, like, so I'm an any hero, right? You know, and when I get around introverted sensing heroes, we just bother each other. Or even introverted sensing parents, we just, we bother each other on a consistent basis. And that's because they're working more towards the conventional, and they would accuse someone like me, you know, who is not so sensible and doesn't have conventional wisdom, etc. They would accuse someone like me, you know, being, you know, this very flighty, very, you know, bullshit. Like they, they label me a bullshitter essentially because I'm constantly talking the what if and they only care about the what is and the what if doesn't really mean anything to them. Because the what is provides them their source of comfort. It's their their comfort zone. And me talking about possibilities basically puts them on the defensive by default. They are immediately on the defensive. They are, uh, you know, this, this person who effectively, uh, this person is just like, oh, you know, hey, Mr. C.S. Joseph, you obviously don't know what you're talking about because, you know, I've never experienced it before. I've never seen it before. Uh, no one else values what you're saying. No one else knows what you're even talking about. So why do we have to adopt this? I don't have to adopt this. And this is kind of like the same thing that I was talking about recently in, when one of, uh, in like episode one, talking about, uh, you know, was it really episode one? Gosh, oh no, it was my recent uh, Cutting Edge podcast talking about how, uh, you know, Einstein struggled to prove the uh, theory of relativity because it was very metaphysical. Although we have in October 2020, three uh, black hole experts uh, given the Nobel Peace Prize because they proved uh, Einstein's theory of relativity, finally. Like, it is, it is proven. It is proven now. And uh, because of that, they, they got a Nobel Prize for it. But when Einstein first unveiled the theory, you know, a long time ago uh, in the 1900s, he was basically, you know, for lack of a better term, shat on by the conventional... Uh, uh, scientific community, those who are like the sensible scientists, you know, the SJs basically, the or the STJs, 
who like to think of themselves, you know, masters of conventional wisdom of the, uh, the, the science of religion, etc. And that is a huge problem. And that's an example of like uh, macro uh, asynchronicity between like the, the culture, the SJ culture of the scientific community in those days. And it wasn't until well after his death that the theory of relativity was actually proven. And he never actually did any concrete empirical, uh, you know, studies, etc. on that. He just did logical thought experiments in his head. And then as a result of making those logical uh, thought experiments, he came to the conclusion, you know, hey, you know, this has to be true because if these things are true, that means relativity is true as well. But again, the scientific community like completely just was like, no, that that can't be the case. Yet it was proven later. You know, how many times in society do we see like expert intuitives, you know, like uh, like uh, like Einstein, you know, talking about the unknown and being these huge uh, trailblazers against uh, conventional wisdom and they're being persecuted consistently. Well, this is how this uh, first, uh, you know, via cognitive axis, via cognitive asynchronicity, how this works, etc. So, you know, down from the functions, because remember, expert intuition represents um, the great what if. It is the yin, the great yin. It is uh, the collective unconscious. It's about what other people want, what other people desire. It's about potential. It is consequential awareness. It is the effect. Constantly being aware of the effect uh, of things, the consequences, the pattern, the pattern recognition of consequences of what happens, the endless ripples based on a decision, right? Whereas introverted sensing is more of a point of origin. And, you know, introverted sensors look at things from a point of origin. They themselves are the point of origin. Whereas expert intuitives work backwards. They work backwards from the possibilities to see if they can actually get to the point of origin. And as a result, this causes a lot of conflict between people with their various psyches uh, who have this high camaraderie from that standpoint. But why is that important? Well, it's important because when you look at how learning works and how uh, mentoring works, people, you know, if you're uh, an any parent or an any hero, or if you're an SI parent or an S SI hero, it's really important that you keep, you know, the your opposite function in terms of parent and heroes around you, because what that does is is that it disables your presuppositions. What that means is is that your ego investments that you have made with your, your hero or your parent function, and in this case it would be SI or NE, whichever one is a parent or hero function of those, you've made some ego investments. And it's important to keep the opposite around you because those people will provide challenge to your ego investments. This will keep you humble, but also keep you accurate. It's really, really important. Uh, accuracy is important. So many people judge other people like you know, like judging a book by its cover, judging people by appearances, in order to reduce that judgment uh, within society as we know it, it's really wise to keep people around you who challenge your most valued functions. And this is how you can use cognitive asynchronicity to your advantage. I did a live stream, and you can search it here on this YouTube channel. You can search this live stream. It's called The Ultimate Study Technique. It comes from, it's actually a, a cutting edge podcast episode that we have available for members at csjoseph.life forward slash members. And in this podcast, I talk about how if you really, really want to extend your life success, if you want to go all out, if you want to be the best version of yourself, 
you have to kind of follow the uh, Tony Robbins model. And the Tony Robbins model is everything to camaraderie. So Tony Robbins, how he, he's an ENFP, how he became successful, all he did was is interview successful people, find out the techniques and strategies that they had, essentially, for becoming successful themselves, and taking those strategies, and then implementing those strategies, and then teaching those strategies to other people. Like he learned neuro-linguistic programming, he learned high finance, he learned marketing, he learned branding, these kinds of techniques. And then he would teach these techniques to other people and also via neuro-linguistic programming and motivational speaking you know, throughout his practice. Pretty awesome uh, that he was able to do this. The issue was is that in, uh, in doing so, there was still something lacking. He had full mastery on the success of human nurture because he was gathering up all of the nurture from all the people that he was studying. And he didn't know type, he didn't know their psyche, he didn't know the psychology or the personality of each person, each successful person that he was interviewing to put together his material for teaching, etc. when he first got started. He didn't know that. But imagine if Tony Robbins had what we know now about Jungian analytical psychology. Imagine how much more effective he would be. Because you can take the Tony Robbins technique right now, except once you identify your type, and you can identify your type very easily and extremely accurately, I would like to say 9 out of 10 accuracy right now based on the interface that we have that we just released at discover.csjoseph.life or csjoseph.life forward slash discover. It'll take you to the same place. We have a brand new personality test available right now. If you go take this personality test, you will know what your type is. And then you take this, and then have other people around you take this personality test. Identify people who are compatible with you. Identify people who have high camaraderie. But if you type somebody near you or within your like friend, family circles, people that you're near you, people that you work with that are of your same type or people within your same quadra, um, basically, so the quadras, and if you don't know what the quadras are, watch season 17 playlist to learn about the quadras. There are, there's the Alpha Quadra and those Crusaders, those are the SFJ NTP types. There is the um, Beta Quadra, which is the STP NFJ types, also known as the Templars. Then there is the Gamma Quadra, which are the NTJ SFP types. And then there's Delta Quadra, which are the NFP STJ types. All of these quadras all have the same cognitive functions, which means because they have the same cognitive functions, they have the highest amount of camaraderie, which means they have the highest capability of teaching and learning from one another within your quadra. And that's the value of cognitive asynchronicity. But synchronicity, you can still have, or cognitive asynchronicity, you can still have high camaraderie with, you know, like, so I'm a crusader, I can have camaraderie with a Templar because Templars think in a similar way that I do. They just see the world through the different eyes, but they make decisions about it the same way. And because we make decisions about it in the same way, we have this uh, competition, as it were. And so for me, it's no different. So I would have high camaraderie uh, in terms of NE versus SI, basically, uh, with uh, Crusader types, fellow Crusaders, which would be highest camaraderie, and second highest camaraderie would be with Delta Quadra because we both have the same perception functions. We both are of NESI users. So I can learn a lot. And I would basically become the student of these types. With me, the best type to be the student would be my own type. 
my own type would be the best type to learn from. And so I would need to find, a, or an, any hero basically, like an ENFP or an ENTP. So I need to find the most successful NE heroes out there because I have any hero. And then I go out of my way to learn from them and learn all of their mistakes, learn from their failure and learn from their success. And that will make me grow rapidly. I would literally become the best version of myself. It's one of the best ways that you can fast track your own personal growth, right? That's not to say that you shouldn't listen to compatible people, but listening to compatible people, while very helpful, and they help package lessons for you in a way where it's not going to hurt or harm your ego investments, uh, the problem is, is that the learning process could take a lot longer. But if you're willing to check your ego at the door, if you're willing to check your ego investments at the door, then you can have the, and have the patience to be able to learn from your own quadra or other people who share the same, you know, in this case, NESI, basically, you would be able to supercharge your personal growth as a person, right? The problem is, you know, is we have in society, we have this thing like called, uh, you know, the nuclear family, and there's a very limited amount of psychology available to the nuclear family. This is why it takes, you know, men up till, you know, age 27 to like actually become mature. Whereas in ancient times, they'd be mature about 15 years old. This is why we have things like, uh, you know, bar mitzvah or the quinceanera, you know, these rites of passage, etc., actually occurring about 15 years of age because families were so large back in the day that everyone had access to all these different psyches that they would gain the full benefits of both compatibility and camaraderie at the same time. And it's no different from NESI users because the NE users who for all intents and purposes lacked practicality and they would be constantly criticized by high SE users like SPs for being really, really weak. They would learn from the higher SI users as to how to be strong and then how to engage in conventional wisdom and how to actually learn practicality. And then the high SE users would learn how to be comfortable from the any users as to how to do things differently, how to do things in a more original way, because originality comes from expert intuition, whereas unoriginality, the typical way of doing things, is learned from introverted sensing. And that's how high expert intuitives, any parents and any heroes, can learn the conventional, sensible, regular, typical way of doing things, which they really struggle with knowing, and the high SI users of their life can teach them that. Whereas the introverted sensors, the high introverted sensors, learn from the NE users, you know, hey, they learn how to be original. They learn how to take risks. They learn how to get outside of their comfort zone, oftentimes, uh, because, they can, but because they can experience for themselves, you know, the originality, the doing things differently, the great what if, so they don't have to be so afraid. So the SI user gains, you know, the ability to have faith in being original, to have faith in doing things in a way that they haven't typically done it, so they can experience more in life. Whereas the high any users learn from the high introverted sensing users uh, how to, you know, be more safe, how to be more practical instead of impractical. Uh, learn uh, systems or ways of doing things with the tried and true because the tried and true, the traditions, you know, some while traditions are the corpse of wisdom, myself as an anti-hero can learn from tradition because tradition does matter. And a way that tradition, a way that 
tradition matters is like, for example, um, food traditions, uh, Americanization, multiculturalism, etc., or Babylonian society has destroyed a lot of cultures, uh, and these cultures consistently have to deal with the fact that you know they're losing their 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 um, their traditions. I, I knew an ISFP by the name of Raylan. She's a really cool uh, Cajun woman, and um, you know, fantastic artist, fantastic painter. And you know, while our relationship now is not what it used to be, I I still I still think very highly of her and her work and everything that she did. And I'm very grateful for the paintings that she gave me. Uh, but you know, she's she's a Cajun, and she's telling me about how Acadian French, which is the language, the Creole language that they speak, is probably not going to be around in another generation. Well, tradition is important, and NE users, like, I know that you're willing to sacrifice, you know, tradition and practicality in the tried and true way because either it's boring or it doesn't mean it's always going to work, etc. But producing tradition is, you know, protecting tradition is important too because languages get lost that way. Uh, you know, oftentimes humanity has to relearn a lot of concepts. Who knows? Like Jungian analytical psychology in ancient times could have been known by people for like, you know, it could have been known before and now we're rediscovering it. We really don't know. Solomon said that there's nothing new under the sun. Well, introverted sensing protects the nothing new under the sun so that humanity doesn't have to keep relearning the same thing over and over again so it can keep moving forward, have a better future. This is what S-I-N-E is for. All that has happened before will happen again. And that's the thing. Introverted sensing needs to be respected by expert intuitives uh, because it will prevent them from having to relearn the tried and true. I mean, like, food traditions are important because food traditions protect us from, like, you know, processed food or these, you know, bullshit Edward Bernays brainwashing society into telling us that Kellogg's uh, cornflakes is part of a complete breakfast and it's very good for you. No, it's not. It's horrible for you. And it's been proven. Just look up Gary Taub's work, T-A-U-B-E-S. You know, Kellogg's cornflakes is not good for you. You know, removing fat from your diet is not good for you. Whereas traditional diets are extremely high in fat. And those traditional diets, those people who still eat those traditional diets to this day are actually the most healthy out of us. So understand expert intuitives. Tradition does matter. Yes, it is the corpse of wisdom, but it also can protect the tried and true way. And just because there are dots doesn't mean you have to connect them. It's really important. SI users, you need to respect the originality of expert intuition. Just because you haven't experienced it before doesn't mean it's not real. Einstein's theory of relativity, while it was like, whoa, this is very meta, this is very like unknown, this is very unconventional, and you can't prove it empirically, doesn't mean it's not true. And guess what? It was proven empirically just this last year. So get off your high horse, okay? Just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean it's not real. Just because, you know, something is metaphysical doesn't mean it's not actually physical. Because physical, as we learned in the most recent Cutting Edge uh, podcast, you know, has a metaphysical component to it. Just like metaphysical still has a physical component to it. So please understand how, you know, the asynchronicity between the opposites of expert intuition and introverted sensing, you know, the, the wide future versus the, the known past, you know, these are extremely, extremely important things to understand so that you can supercharge your learning and your personal growth and development as a human being. If you don't do this, well, then guess what? 
you're going to be ignorant, your growth is going to be behind, you're not going to be very attractive. Like, for example, like, NE users, you want, you want to be wanted by people, especially by people of the opposite sex, then you need to learn the tried and true. You need to respect traditions, right? It makes you more desirable. You know, um, uh, it also makes you stronger to be able to endure, to be able to persevere. SI users, you need to learn the unconventional. You need to learn how to be original because then you're not boring and that will also make you more desirable. Yes, I get you're super mega strong and you can endure, but guess what? That has the that runs the risk of you being boring and not as desirable uh, when compared to like people like me or, or Tony Stark or Bruce Lee or Benjamin Franklin, etc. You know, all these kinds of people. So. Anyway, folks, uh, thanks for watching. Uh, if you found this lecture useful, helpful, educational, enlightening, please leave a comment below here on the YouTube channel. Uh, that would be great. And uh, thank you for watching or listening to Season 25, uh, Episode 2. I'm C.S. Joseph, and I'll see you guys tonight.